0: On this week's episode, Doctor Strange steps into the multiverse, Star Trek boldly goes to strange new worlds, and is Kenobi the galaxy's most wanted Jedi? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse.
1: Don't be alarmed.
0: multiverse this is gerald glasser from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review i'm actually conjuring it just like dr strange right now five (laughs) star review on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, because we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer out there on Facebook. We have a ton of great games each and every month that's going on, Wizards and Wine, Vampires and Vitae, Demolition Force, the great games that Mitch runs on the weekends, and we are, again, the number one tabletop streamer that's out there on Facebook, plus... You can catch the latest news and information each and every day in pop culture right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you could support all that, plus our website, popculturecosmos.com, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. It is our own overseer of everything: Pop Culture Cosmos, tabletop RPG action. Vampires and Vitae, and so much more. It is, my good friend. It is. Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and Melinda, great to have you here. Vampires and Vitae is rolling along. You've got some great news about Wizards and Wine. Of course, you and I are still involved with Demolition Force, and we're trying to talk our DM there to go into space sometime <laughs> later this year. We're talking about Marvel stuff, tabletop RPG style. My gosh, it's just a great time for tabletop RPGs.
2: It really is. And should I start with my story of woe of what happened just before the live stream started? What do you think? Is it?
0: Absolutely.
2: (laughs) Epic fail. Oh, my gosh. So I bought a new external hard drive. Mm -hmm. Hooray. Lots more space. And I was moving a whole bunch of like our audio and, and that kind of stuff off of my actual hard drive onto this thing, making backups and all that kind of stuff. And I was just happily and gleefully deleting. My computer was running faster. You know, it told me that it was happier now. And then about 10 minutes before the 10-minute countdown started on Sunday morning for Vampires and Vitae, I realized I had deleted the overlay that we use in OBS I realized I deleted down in the corner. There's like a little slideshow that we play. That's like what we think our characters look like and that kind of stuff. I deleted our video intro that it took me like four months to do because I had no idea what I was doing. And yeah, I had 10 minutes to come up with something. (laughs) And I mean, the show went on. Oh, and when the show started, I didn't even have headphones plugged in yet because I was like, oh my God, I've deleted everything. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well so, I've had those kind of days, oh, I can assure God. you.
2: Oh man, that was something else. Yeah. So we got through it and the podcast fully edited is ready to drop tomorrow morning. So the show happened <laughs> mostly.
0: <laughs> but it is smooth. Anybody who's listening to that yeah. will never know the difference.
2: Holy smokes, let me tell you. And that was probably the most stressful before the stream that i've had since the very first time we started streaming when we were you're, using cell phones for cameras
0: you're trying to scramble get everything started and robbie says are we ready to go not now robbie <laughs> <laughs> That's was like that. To
2: to what it was like honestly it was incredible
0: although um, robbie is a superstar because i just saw him on social media stirring a whole ton of marinara sauce so yeah yeah absolutely but it's always great to have you here my friend we're going to be talking a few things, including a little indie film I got a chance to see earlier today. So I will have a review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's okay. coming up here in a few minutes, but it will be non-spoilery. I will just have general thoughts on it on Monday show, since Josh and I will have already both seen it by that time. Actually, I've seen it. He will see it this weekend. We'll go into full spoilers. Spoiler range on the Monday show for that, but today will be a non-spoiler thought on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Plus, speaking of Strange, and speaking of things that are relating to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, we will talk a little bit of Star Trek, because not only is Star Trek Picard finished up its run for this season, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: also as well, a new series is now underway on Paramount+, Plus in the realm of Star Trek and Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So we'll talk about what is different and what is familiar with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. That's coming up here in a bit. We'll also be talking about some other things, including their rivals, per se, that just had a May the 4th day, once again, Star Wars Day on May the 4th, and that was Star Wars Kenobi, the upcoming series on Disney+. Plus. That on the back end, we will be talking about the latest trailer that dropped. So we'll be talking about why it's becoming more interesting to check out Kenobi. That's coming up on the show. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking about House of the Dragon. That just dropped that trailer there for the August series coming to HBO. The Game of Thrones prequel. So we'll be talking about that. And last but not least, since the Multiverse of Madness is kind of weird. Since going into Star Trek Strange New Worlds is strange and weird, we might as well end the show about Weird himself, Weird Al Yankovic, as the first clip from the upcoming autobiography or biography, whatever he wants to call it, with Daniel Radcliffe in the role of Weird Al Yankovic. And that's coming up on the back end of the show. Plus, we've got a great interview in between with producer, actress, director she does it all in the entertainment industry it is aaron brown thomas she is talking severance season one and what she would do if she were creating season two that's coming up on the show as well but first my friend finally here the big marvel movie of the year at least the first one the first one that you think is going to do well, but not quite as well as Thor, because you're already on the book saying that you're leaning towards Thor Love and Thunder. I'm not going to say you might be wrong on that, but at least it's got to get off to a good start because Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the one thing I think it will do is get off to a fantastic start. It's actually projected to do about 175 to $200 million in its first weekend domestically, and over $350 million worldwide in its first weekend. Where it goes from there, I'm not quite sure. I cannot see it doing better than Spider-Man No Way Home. I think that had more good love and good vibes continuously. Plus, I think it was just, for a while, the only movie in town, as far as the competition is concerned. So, This will have a lot more competition coming up from Jurassic World. You've got Top Gun Maverick, which I know you already said you were really getting excited over. You have Thor Love and Thunder, which you've already called that movie. You've got Minions, The Rise of Gru. You've got a lot of movies that are coming up in the next couple months, which will peck away at this movie. And I think a lot of people in the back of their minds, if they don't catch it soon enough, they'll go ahead and catch it on Disney Plus anyways. But my friend, are you going to go ahead and check out Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness at the theaters.
2: I mean, I hope to. I think the only night I can do that is Sunday nights. <laughs> so, you know, every Sunday that goes by is another week that I won't have gotten to the theater. I'm wondering, and just follow me down the yellow brick road here for a second. Okay, Dorothy. Into the universe. I wonder. Am I the
0: cowardly lion? No. I'm the Tin Man.
2: Yeah. No. I no. You're you're, you're Toto. Gone? You're Toto.
0: Okay. I'm the dog. <laughs> Fair enough.
2: That's terrible.
0: Stop oh, you that. know what I'm going to say. All right. Uh, I'm nipping at your heels then. All yeah, right. How okay, was that? Okay. No problem.
2: So I wonder if movies like Doctor Strange, where he's a character now at this point that I'm safe to say, when you say Doctor Strange, people know what you're talking about. Yes. But I wonder if not having like S.H.I.E.L.D., and not having all of those different things that tied those movies together in the opening weekend at the box office. So you had to get to the movie right away because you didn't want to have to watch S.H.I.E.L.D. and then get a massive spoiler. Do you remember when that was happening with the show no. and the movies and and they had these incredible tie-ins?
0: Well, I can say that not everything that's been out there on this movie has been dropped. They actually did a pretty good job of hiding
2: some of the things
0: in there as far as some of the appearances, some of the things that went on. The movie itself, directed by Sam Raimi, he took over for Scott Derrickson, which is so funny because he directed, I think picked up right after that Black Phone, which we talked about, which is one of the movies at CinemaCon that was showcased off with Ethan Hawke, who just ended his run on Moon Knight, which we'll talk about on Monday. For this right now, I will say with Sam Raimi, It is a very visually stylistic Sam Raimi movie. It is something that his style, I don't think Scott Derrickson would have approached it in quite the same way. I know he wanted to make a little bit harder edged. I know he wanted to make it the first true MCU horror movie. I think he was going to go all out on an R rated horror movie type deal. And I don't think the MCU audience is prepared for it. I think that this was probably something that was a easier way to go. I think there's something more that a, kevin feige stamp of approval on it as far as allowing where to go and and what it can do there is a couple elements of horror and i don't want to say horror per se but there's a couple scares that are out there so maybe taking the kids might during a couple scenes might be grabbing onto you let's put it that way but outside of just a couple scenes i think for the most part it's okay for all audiences to see i think that it's a okay movie I don't think it's a great movie. I'm not overwhelmed by it. I'm not going, wow. I think if you're a Doctor Strange fan, you're going to get a lot of what you're asking for. If you're a general MCU fan, you're going to say, okay, it's there. If you go into it and you don't know much about the MCU and you only show up for like the Avengers movies, yeah, this is going to be something that's not down your ballpark. So it's something that if you're familiar, you're going to be okay with it. I think, again, it just it doesn't do much to further expand the MCU as much as I was hoping it would outside of the cameos, and I'll leave it at that as far as on that end. I mean, the cameos, some of them are really fan service, some right. of them are mysterious, some of them are quite surprising. There was a couple that were familiar as far as if you're a Sam Raimi fan, and there was one that was missing that was kind of disappointed if you're a Sam Raimi fan, but If you're a Sam Raimi fan of his style and vision of the way he uses camera techniques, and the way he uses visionary techniques, you're going to get a lot of that over the course of a little bit over two hours runtime for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The concept itself works most of the time. It gets a little messy here and there. But for the most part, I think it's a decent watch. And I think the Metacritic right now at 62 reflects that, that I think the opinions are saying that's good but it's not the greatest the mcu has to offer by any stretch
2: gotcha i mean i enjoyed the first doctor strange movie the same reason why i think i enjoyed iron man movies so much mm-hmm. there's something about a cocky man <laughs> that i like and uh, you know i think that doctor strange at least in the first movie when you watch him as the surgeon and then his fall from i don't know what to say fall from grace but his fall from that when the hand surgeries weren't turning out the way that he wanted them to. And then you saw him kind of get this power, but he was, gosh darn it, going to learn everything on his own terms and and all of that stuff. Like, I I enjoy that in a movie. Do we have a lot of that one in this one?
0: We have a little bit of that. Okay, Uh, It still reflects back to him, his relationships in the first movie that you see. There is some tie-in to some particular items from the first movie. Also some particular items that, Or dealing with if you're familiar with WandaVision. If you got a chance to check out WandaVision, everybody knows out there, they've seen already that Scarlet Witch will play a major role in this film. And not only is this movie about finding Doctor Strange's inner self, but also as well finding Wanda's what her motivation is to continue, you know, after what has been dealt in WandaVision and how she reacts to that, a lot of that angst is driven through the picture. I liked it, but I didn't love this movie. I know that a lot of people are out there thinking, maybe, eh, I don't know, should I go see it? I think it's, you're going to have fun with it. Again, there's a couple of jump scares that are in there. One of them you can really see coming. The other one was caught me by surprise. So it's a good movie. It's definitely not something I, I wouldn't put in my higher tier of the MCU movies. But it's something, again, for a decent timeout, you can do worse. You can do a lot worse. But sure. th- there was one glaring omission in a way that I was kind of disappointed from the first movie that you see in a different form here in this movie. And I can't go into too much detail because it's spoilery. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, like I said, I don't have too many complaints. It does call back to a lot of the first film and that's, I think very appreciated. It does call back to WandaVision, some of the events there and you appreciate that, but also finds its own niche And does use the multiverse concept as well. So I don't think that's a a real spoiler when the movie has multiverse in its name. So yeah, multiverse is is, uh, something that is utilized in this film. And I think if you're waiting for that, you're going to get a little bit of that. So yeah, a little bit of everything. But the problem is when you put a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a a little bit of that, 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 put all these little bits in there, you don't get something that's full and complete. And I think that's the problem with this movie.
2: Oh okay, gotcha. Like it did But it's really it's nice.
0: a good movie for what it is. It's just right. not a great one. It wasn't bad. Wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination.
2: Worth I the got price my of popcorn. worth. Yeah, worth the price of popcorn then.
0: Yeah, it's worth the price of popcorn, yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. Although yeah. I might have lost it in the multiverse of madness, you never know. So.
2: <laughs> the trick is in order to not lose your popcorn in the multiverse, you got to throw some almond M&Ms into your popcorn as you're eating it and that ah, keeps it out of the multiverse.
0: That's it. Okay, yeah. I'll remember that next time out. <laughs> I think the family wants to go ahead and check it out again. Maybe we'll do that same thing when we're checking out top gun maverick because otherwise it's going to fall out of the cabin you know at thirty-five thousand feet so yeah they there pull, pull some
2: serious g's those m&ms so yes.
0: yeah well, i thought they pulled some serious m's
2: well they do but you know every once in a while you gotta drop a g
0: there you go drop <laughs> drop <laughs> a g <laughs> Drop a G note, indeed. But if you have thoughts out there on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, again, I thought the movie was okay. It it didn't overwhelm me. It didn't scare me too much. It again, it's a PG-13 movie, so it really can't do a whole lot of that. So don't expect that. Outside of a couple times, it's something that is creepy. It's weird, but it's also not quite a complete and not quite what I'm asking for. Although. Maybe because it's Doctor Strange movie, maybe that's exactly what we got is a strange movie. Yeah,
2: creepy and strange. I like those things.
0: Yeah, creepy and strange. There you go. But if you have thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we would love to hear your thoughts. If you've seen it already or you'll check it out this weekend, please let us know on all our social media or popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment.
2: Dig on america
0: hey guys this is
1: jason dutch with dig on america podcast and i'm here with big hops
0: and i'm also here with well, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. Something you love so much. And I kind of like it too. I must have with all the time I'm invested into it. Star Trek. <laughs> one series gone. One series in. Paramount Plus, you know what? I got to give props to Paramount Plus because they have done an amazing job of reviving the Star Trek name. And I know we, one, I think that's one of the first real conversations that we had on this show. Once you took over the hot seat. And you said that you're really happy with where they're going with this universe and that they just didn't leave it alone. I know that could be a point where there could be a Star Trek overload. But I think with what they have out there and Star Trek Strange New Worlds, that just dropped this past week with its first episode. They're doing some things differently than they do with Discovery or Picard. And Picard just ended this run. Obviously, it's going to be different from Lower Decks. Obviously, it's going to be different from the Star Trek show on Nickelodeon. But your thoughts on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. They're going to a strange new world on each episode. It's going to be a different story each and every time out. Something that harkens back to the original series. But are you excited to go ahead and check out Star Trek Strange New Worlds?
2: Yes, I am. I love me a monster of the week. And I'm sure I will love me a planet of the week just as much. I really enjoy that. And I'm sure that they're going to still have like a continual thread. And that's that's one thing I wanted
0: to ask you about. because yeah. TNG, the yes. next generation, I guess you got to go say it's the best of all the series of Star Trek because of the fact it did the best with the material that it's given. Right. Once it really found its groove, not in season one, I there were still some rough points, but by the time season three, season four, It did a episode of the week, a planet of the week, but then it would have overarching narratives like with the Borg, best of both worlds, one and two, those multi-episode deals, they would throw in from time to time just to freshen things up, but they would also have episodic television because they had to create 22 weeks of television. So they would have 15, 17 of those weeks be a different thing each time out. That's what they're going back to with this show is a different thing each and every time out. But I agree with you the best combination is a little mix of at least some type of story or overarching narrative that would span out for a couple episodes but then you go right back to the episode of the week that type deal
2: yeah, I always encourage people when they're like okay, fine, you've talked me into it. I'm going to watch The Next Generation. I encourage them to start watching at the point where they're not in the spandex uniforms anymore. <laughs> that's, that's when the show kind of turns itself around, Is that I think. Season 3? I think yeah, it's something like that. Okay. But yeah, I think that the Q storyline that they had, and Q would just drop in for an episode every once in a while, mm-hmm. the stuff with Worf's son, Alexander, that was all actually very compelling. Anything that had to do with Wesley Crusher, sorry, that's my hot take. I enjoyed Wesley. A lot of people found it, him annoying. I thought he was great. You know, and I hope that they find those ways to find the heart of each of the characters and continue to build on that as they drive forward to all of these different planets and stuff like that. I really do hope that they take that lesson from the next generation and keep going with it.
0: Well, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to push that yeah. aspect of it in all their promotional material. They're always trying to, they're trying to push the fact that each and every week they're going to a new location, going to a new direction, as opposed to what we're seeing or what we just saw finish up with Picard season two, Which had it was really cool for a little while where they were going from different time in the first two or three episodes, they were going from one time to another time. Then they stopped at 2024 in Los Angeles and then they just stayed there for the rest of the season and it went downhill little by little by little by little, which unfortunately they just weren't able to sustain. I understand there were production costs and and of course it's during COVID and I know there were some logistic issues there and they wanted to keep the numbers of people that are actually on the set small. You could obviously tell what they were doing behind the scenes as far as what they were creating out there, but it really didn't make for compelling television after a while and by the end of the season, which also ended up this past week, it turned out to not to be that great of a season as well, which is kind of disappointing to me because it started out pretty good. I was kind of hopeful on it and I actually said it on the show. I know IGN can't stand it and said it's one of the worst seasons of Star Trek ever, but that leads us always to our promo that you put on there with your famous line. That
2: Star Trek is better than no Star Trek.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's like what is she Like it's like cold pizza. I think you've related it to yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially you if it's the marinara sauce. It's good. actually
0: made by your husband. Yeah. Yes. You
2: yeah. Yeah, he's he makes good marinara sauce, I'll give him that. There you go. That's
0: for sure indeed. But Star Trek Strange New Worlds, I think that it's really got some good vibes and it. it looks really nice so far from what I've seen. It looks like it's something I really will enjoy more, I think than Picard, although I will watch Picard season 3 cuz it's the final season already they've already announced that. What I like about this, it's the years just before Pike has his near-fatal injury that disfigures him and and basically immobilizes him. And the Enterprise is actually given over to Kirk, James C. Kirk. And you see the events of the original series play out in its entirety after that. And these are the years leading up to it. I will be sorry when they finally finish the series out because I really like Anton Mount as Captain Pike. He really did a bang-up job in Star Trek Discovery. I really enjoyed that aspect of it but are you you know like i said when you look at the actors three of which are coming back they were they were guest stars in discovery for almost an entire season yeah. are you excited to go ahead and actually delve into this part this this realm it sounds like you are
2: i absolutely am and i'm i'm not going to keep coming back to it because i love star trek i love everything about it and we went so long without anything and now we're just getting here have some star trek here have some more star trek oh you want classic star trek here you go have some of that oh you want some spicy animated star trek here have some of that it doesn't matter to me i'm gonna watch all of it and this one i'm certainly intrigued by i like that it's going to feel really familiar again with how they're approaching and making it episodic and you know all that stuff that we already talked about and yeah i can't wait to get started
0: and i don't have a problem with them putting out as much Star Trek as they are because it seems to be the backbone of what Paramount plus is. Is it their highest rated programs? No, I think discovery should be considered that. I think a lot of people need to check out discovery because I think it's finally hit that sweet spot. As far as yeah. the series is concerned, I think mm. they all know what they're doing by now and they're all doing a great job. And I think the look of it, I think some of the special effects are really, really good for television viewing, as opposed to what we see on their other show on paramount plus halo which is like okay give and take each and every week we're not sure if it really looks bad or it looks good the acting oh yeah don't get me started on that josh and i will probably cover that on the next episode (laughs) can't wait to go ahead and cover episode seven although episode six actually was the best episode of the series so far and that isn't saying a whole lot but i will say that paramount it's got the 1883 so They're actually on the way up. They've actually gained more viewers. I know in a time where Netflix has lost a lot of viewers, they've actually gained a lot of viewers in the interim. So things are looking up for Paramount Plus. But a backbone of what they're doing lies with Star Trek. And hopefully they won't forget that going forward, that they'll still continue to provide viewers with that. Is there anything you want to see from Star Trek Strange New Worlds that they haven't approached or that they haven't approached for a long time? If there's one thing I would like Star Trek to do, I would like to see them finish up Enterprise, give them 100 episodes. They just need two episodes. Do a two episode thing and finish it up. Finish it on 100, nice even 100 because they ended it after 98 episodes. But if they're not going to do that, I think there's a lot of places Star Trek Strange New Worlds can do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Star Trek has always been kind of on the, pulse of popular culture in a very Star Trek way. They've always talked about a lot of social issues and stuff like that in the show. I think that it's one of the things that Roddenberry really felt passionate about and being able to examine those kinds of social issues in a way that wasn't completely zoomed in. And I'm excited to just kind of get back to that familiar saunter and stroll that you take with a star trek episode where you meet a new alien maybe they pop up again in four or five episodes maybe they don't maybe you get another risa planet maybe you know we're gonna find out more about them setting up the dream of a vacation world of risa you know i don't know it'll be really cool and maybe
0: more trouble with tribbles
2: yeah i mean i i never hate on a Tribble episode ever um (laughs) I'm always happy to discuss tribbles anytime. Okay. Yeah, just don't have more than one of them on your ship. That's causes Yeah,
0: suffering. and then you see Uhura. She just got yeah. out of school. Then you see Spa. He looks like he's already in a relationship already, which is kind of different. So, Please, man. Got... Okay. yeah, he is. Anson Mount, you know, Captain Pike. Again, I hope he doesn't do the, the Captain Kirk thing where he's romancing someone on each and every week like William Shatner was. Come on. Got to yeah, go ahead I... and save the galaxy each and every week. That's, That's what
2: you our. Yeah, that Star Trek trope can go away with Captain Kirk. I don't think that anybody would be really sad to see that kind of...
0: Which alien can I smooch this week?
2: Yeah, I don't know if I want to say cavalier or if I want to say roguish kind of archetype. But yeah, I agree with you there. I hope that they don't do that.
0: But the one thing that you and I both want to see is the birth of the red shirts and how that came to be. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Got to see yeah. that, yes. Don't wear the red shirt if you're on Star Trek.
2: Well, it depends, though. For the original series, red shirts were bad. In Next Generation, red shirts were your officers. Yeah,
0: that's true. But, stuff, but so. these are based off the original, the TOS. So, yeah.
2: yeah, Okay. well, then there you go. Yeah, yeah you don't want to be a red shirt.
0: Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> what? But Yeah, exactly. But what are your thoughts out there on Star Trek Strange New Worlds and also Star Trek Picard? The season two just ended for Star Trek Picard. And season one, the debut episode for Star Trek Strange New Worlds, just appeared on Paramount+. Plus. Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well, coming up next, we've got Erin Brown Thomas talking about some severance. How did she like season one? And if she, as a prolific writer, director, producer, actress, was in charge of working on the next season of Severance, what would she do for season two of Severance? She lets you know her thoughts coming up right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy and Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone we've brought a few friends with us this time all that and of course our action figure spotlight so check out the jay and rob toy show season two exclusively on jinx esports tv canada okay we're back with the pop culture cosmos it's gerald glassford come right back at you here thank you so much for watching and listening a subject that is near and dear to my heart just brings me extended joy it is severance season one has concluded now it's a couple weeks in the rearview mirror but people are still talking about it the raves are still out there the speculation on how many emmys it might be able to be up for that is now in play because it is such a big hit and has gained such interest out there and here today to talk about severance season one and what compelled her with the show plus what she hopes for or what she might create herself if she were in charge she was working with ben stiller and Everyone out there it's a part of this great series is a fantastic and prolific entertainer, filmmaker, editor. You name it, director. she's done it all already. And the thing that you place that you can go to see her entire catalog and I'm going to stress the word catalog of what she is done and what she's now doing is available on IMDB and also the great site aaronbrownthomas.com. It is Aaron Brown Thomas. Aaron, I want to go ahead and say congratulations first on your tremendous amount of success in the industry. It is truly great to have you on the show talking some severance today.
1: I'm so happy to be here. It's a show that I just really can't stop thinking about. And I'm an external processor, so I think by talking and you're allowing me to think about it even more, which is great.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's one of the things I've said on my show is that the reason why I believe this is one of the best seasons i'm not saying shows yet because it's only one season in because you really can't weigh it unless it has a number of seasons but it's one of the best seasons of television is because of how it resonates with me how it it asked me invited me to have multiple viewings of it and like you said you think about what's going on when i was driving around i was thinking about it i was i was thinking about these storylines where it would go To me, it's been such a tremendous success, and I know to a lot of people out there, they've really enjoyed it. But for you, as someone who is in the entertainment industry, what drew you into Severance in the first place?
1: Well, to be completely honest, I I think the first day I saw it, there was an ad on IMDb. I was on IMDb, and I saw an ad, and it had a picture of Adam Scott. And I love Adam Scott. I'm a big Parks and Rec fan, big Party Down, just basically everything he does. And not just that it was him, but like the art direction of it. I thought, this is interesting. My favorite shows are dystopian dramedies, which is, that's kind of what I would consider this, a dystopian dramedy. Like it's, it's clearly made by people who know how to do comedy, but it also is not just purely comedy on its own. And I, I was just like, wow, like how could I not check this out. So actor and genre, that's what hooked me. I'll and also I was like, "Ooh, Ben Stiller behind the camera. Interesting. Interesting. That was interesting too. Well,
0: that is a direction that he has taken over the last, what, five, six, seven years as far as more on that side of the camera. Yes, he's been very prolific on both sides of the camera, mm-hmm. but it seems like he's taken a step away from acting, although he did have a little small appearance in season one. But mm-hmm. fans are going to have to figure out where that is, but he has admitted to it. But it seems like he's he's delving more into the the other side of the camera with directing and producing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that. I know that now, but I didn't know that at the time. I guess I just knew of like things that he'd starred in that he was involved with behind the camera. But I, I wasn't aware that he was just interested that he had interests in being purely a creator on something. So that was, that was interesting to me.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's just, the draw, I mean, once you got into it, once you started seeing some of these episodes, the way they would tie in with each other, the way that it would leave you hanging in suspense week by week, it just draws you in even more, doesn't it?
1: It does. It does. You know, after watching the first episode, the hook grew, right? As the season, as the season went forward. But after the first episode, I just knew that the concept alone has so much potential. And that's really like the, the first episode was good, but it wasn't like I have to know what happens next. It was, oh wow, they could go so many directions with this. I'm curious. And then as it went on and on, and you start caring about the characters and you have concrete questions that you want answered and of course now i have a lot of those <laughs> that's when i really got hooked and so far the few questions that they've answered it's been it's been satisfying it's been like ooh okay that's fun that's fun all right nice and i think you know a lot of us at the spoiler i'm about to talk about the end of the season but like a lot of us were probably like shocked at the end of season 2 that they allowed him that they allowed mark to get out the phrase like she's alive like I didn't know yeah. right I didn't know and I also didn't know if Hallie R was going to get to go on stage and start talking I thought maybe she'll get up there and it'll be like <laughs> you know? and then suddenly she's just up there and like oh I guess I'm giving a speech Helena but yeah lots of good stuff
0: you didn't know as a viewer exactly how much they would showcase or how much they would let you see exactly how far it's getting extended to before they would be cut off from the overtime contingency once it was found out what they were doing.
1: Like, I didn't know if it was going to be one of those heartbreaking, they got so close to making a difference, but they didn't. In which case you could see season two. Okay. You know, back to business as normal. No one really found out that the innies got to go on the outside. So now they're coming back with their Intel and talking about it, but it's like, no, it can't be that because like they ruffled some feathers And, you know, up until the last few minutes of that episode, you really didn't know if everything was going to be shook up that much. (laughs) My mom will watch this later and correct my (laughs) (laughs) grammar.
0: I will ask this. In season one, there's so much that people are connecting with. Certain storyline, a certain actor or actress. It, It just seems to me that there's so many great performances and so much great storytelling throughout the entire series there's there seems to be so much positivity towards everywhere there's no one place you can go ahead and say oh well maybe that wasn't quite as good as the other or maybe that acting performance wasn't good as the other it seemed to be a combination of everything coming together so well at the same time
1: yeah i agree i agree every i mean like when i saw they got christopher walken i was like what christopher walken's in this Everyone is excellent in it, and I think a lot of people are, I wouldn't say necessarily playing totally against type, but like ext- like like expanding upon their type in ways that are very interesting. Yeah, I really like it.
0: Right now you have John Turturro, who's doing such an amazing job in this, and the Batman, so he's mm-hmm. obviously seeing a career resurgence for him. Adam Scott, like you said you know, all the great stars that are there. Patricia Arquette, her name is being tossed around mm-hmm. again as far as for Emmy consideration. Yeah. And, and all the stars there, just so many great performances. It's hard to really signify one that I could say is my favorite because there's just so many out there that I think really did so well. But is there any particular characters or storylines that resonate with you or that you found that was the most compelling of everything and that you found was the thing that you were pointing to the most as a viewer?
1: Well, I will say, for like the first six episodes, I just kept saying, well, when are we going to get to see Heli outside work? You know, I wanted to know what was going on. And I think I, on a Facebook group that I'm a part of, someone had basically said, well, what if she's an Egan? And I kind of got it in my head. I was like, yeah, she's going to be an Egan. But it was still really fun to have it confirmed. And and I do, I want to know more about her, want to know more about the Egan family. I really enjoy... I think one of the things I enjoy about the show is like seeing the things that are the same and the things that are different about Mark when he's in his innie and his outie, like it gives you, it is an interesting like nature nurture question, right? Because you have the same genetics when you're in innie and when you're an outie and you don't have your memories. So there's a, a sense of nurture that's cut off, but I think you can't completely cut that off because your physiology is, uh, impacted by your entire life. Right. So one of the things that I I kept thinking about is, you know, let's say someone decided to get severed because they didn't want to go through something like very, very, very difficult. Let's say something, someone's being tortured as they're any, just as a, as an example, hypothetical. And they're like, all right, well, I don't want to have to go through that. And I don't have to, because I'm severed. But at the same time, if that torture puts so much stress on your body, could your Audi get cancer from it? Like these are the kind of questions that I would start to think of. Like, what is the limit to how much you can put your any through before it starts affecting you? All of that is wrapped up in this big conversation I'm having is like, how much are they the same and how much are they different? And with Mark, there it feels it. I really love the way Adam Scott played the role and the way the role was written because I feel overlap, but I also feel like a little bit of a difference between these two characters and with Helena the thing about Helena is we know what does Heliar say she's like well we know I'm an ass but she is born onto this table and she's like this like innocent new life she's cynical and she's got like a she's got like a CEO mentality right she's like I don't take from anybody like so you see how that person could become someone who runs a company who could be the person that runs Lumen one day, but she has like an innocence about her. And all of that is very interesting to me. So seeing who she is on the outside, like I'm even interested in like, what was she like as a kid? Was Helena as a kid, similar to Heli R? like, I don't know, that interests me. And of course I still also, you know, just now in the last episode, we know more about Irving's Audi. And I'm like, what does he know? What has he been up to? Is he purposely depriving himself of sleep? to get some sort of like psychic connection with his innie because he's got all these paintings. So that wasn't, I wasn't like obsessed with him throughout the season, but I'm very interested right now.
0: Especially the fact that once his innie came out into the real world, he migrated towards that closet with the chest and what was in the chest with all the information that it looks like Irving has been investigating Lumens all that time. So I think a lot of people are very curious to see exactly what Lumen Industries are, are all about and what their goals are, because it was nice noting that Papa Egan has designs, grand designs of putting Severance in the heads of everyone on the planet, all becoming Egan's children down the road. So that grand design, we'll see how much far Lumen Industries continues and going behind the scenes of that in season two. But before we head on to season two and your thoughts on that, your overall impressions of season one before we head uh, over to season two.
1: I mean, I've been telling people, like, it's definitely my favorite thing I've seen in years. I absolutely think it deserves lots of Emmys, acting Emmys, directing Emmys, production design Emmys, like a lot of the like, technical categories, absolutely writing. So I mean, I'm a massive fan of it. But I would say, I think like, if I was pitching it to somebody, it reminds me in some ways of like, Charlie Kaufman, like, some of my favorite movies that it also reminds me of, it reminds me of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in a way, because we have like, in Eternal Sunshine, if you haven't seen it, you have this guy who is literally erasing someone from his memory because the, the memory of her hurts. And that's kind of what's happening here. Mark doesn't wanna remember the pain of losing his ex-wife. That's been one of my favorite movies, I mean, since it came out over a decade ago. I also really love the movie Her by Spike Jones. And if you liked Her, you might like this as well. Yeah yeah, I'm into
0: it. <laughs> as am I as well. I think like you, this is one of the, been the most interesting and fascinating and emotional seasons of television I've ever experienced, at least in quite some time. And it's something like this that I cannot say it's one of the best shows on television yet until it's got a few seasons under its yeah. belt, which they plan on, but it's definitely one of the best seasons I've ever seen on television in, yeah. in my life. So I definitely agree with you there, but season two is on the horizon. They've already said that they've already started that process. I know I'm excited. I can't wait. It should come out next week. It should come out next week, but it isn't. It's going to take a little while. But as someone who's been on so much a part of the creative process herself, I could easily ask you, okay, what do you think is going to happen in season two? And you're going to give me all the answers and speculation, which obviously you could go ahead and let me know as well. And that would be awesome indeed. But as someone who's been on the creative end, let's say you, We're behind that part of the process. And let's say Apple Plus, they renewed you for season two and everything looks great and grandiose there. But you have a show that's already now meeting a lot of expectations. What do you do for a season two?
1: Okay, so I got a couple pitches. There's a trend Mm -hmm. in TV shows. Mythic Quest did it. A couple other shows have done it Mm -hmm. where there's like a sideways episode for example, in Mythic Quest, that's a show about making video games. So they went back in time and showed another group of people making a video game in the same building. There's a world in which we could have a sideways episode. And the reason I say that is we know that there's at least one more lumen facility severed. We know from reading the Lexington letters that Topeka has a lumen severed floor. And, you know, one of my big questions is like, how many of these severed floors exist? How many Lumen, you know, I think Lumen headquarters are in Kier, right? Because that's where the yeah, family Lumen is. And, yeah, Yeah, but the potential for a sideways episode before we return to our people, that's one thing that I think is a possibility. We could go back in time and learn more about Eagans, learn more about Heli. That's another way that we could do it. We could also do all the things I'm saying, but in terms of like for an opener, the big question for me is, are we going to jump forward in terms of the storyline as we know now as it moves forward? are we going to do like seconds later, right? So seconds after like Helly gets tackled on stage and seconds after, do we get to see that? Or are we jumping forward in time to months later or weeks later or years later? What's going to happen with that? And I have a feeling they're probably going to jump forward in time, but I'm kind of interested in every single one of these pitches It really, I think, depends on how much they want to expand their cast, how much they do this, right? If you do anything apart from just showing the next minute later, it opens up your ability to really expand your cast. Now, of course, no matter what, they'll expand their cast to a degree because that's just what people do in season two. And, and, you know, it's like, will Christopher Walken still be on the show? Because in a way, they could write him off completely because he's retired or does Irv somehow connect with him? Cause you know, at this point we don't know if he's going to be successful in having a memory by the time they connect. So I don't know if I, I would probably at least allude to something happening in another severed office somewhere, whether it was a sideways episode or whether we started slowly getting mini scenes of another character in another office. And then they reveal over time that it's, that they're like, like what if they're like, there's another character like in a hallway, right? And we think like that they're gonna run into our people and we've been following this storyline for a while and then we reveal suddenly that they reach MDR and it's like a totally different bunch of MDR people um, and like, oh, this is another office. I don't know, there's a lot of ways to do it, but I think they gotta expand the world because if all of the world's gonna be cure's children, the story's gotta get bigger than Cure. I just don't want them to do it too fast. You yeah. know, I feel like they need to like, case themselves
0: with that. Well, I agree with you as far as Sideway episodes, maybe delving into more and Lumen Industries, whether past or present. Mm-hmm. I think the relationship that's a natural that we've seen on many television series before where they go back into the past of Helena and Keir Egan. They can go back into the past and touch on that. They can go back into the moments before the car accident mm-hmm. with Mark and oh, you know, yeah. how he dealt with and taking a look at that with everything that's going on with Miss Casey and, and how she became Miss Casey before another big reveal
1: well, was Gemma's it. accident faked. Yeah, it was the accident faked? Like, do they want her for a specific reason? And is there any of her left, or is it literally just her body? And what is revolving? What does that mean?
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> is there any part of you that thinks Kira is still alive?
0: I would say yes, because I'm not leaving anything to chance. The goal of Lumen Industries ultimately is to make everyone Kier's children willingly or not so willingly. I don't know about that yet. I mean, the grand designs could be there in the long term that be pointed out. I would yeah. leave nothing to chance and say, you know, is this head in somewhere in case that it's still alive? Is his consciousness still there somewhere? The map, You know, the that,
1: map, it says mind at the top. I'm like, hmm. Is like Kier's mind there? Is his brain there? I don't know.
0: And then also as well, when Heli actually got to one hundred percent, and she got the digital message from a digitally animated Kier, is that his consciousness actually still alive in some form or fashion? So
1: right, when he's like, "I love you."
0: which i believe was ben stiller the voice of ben stiller i think that was yeah
1: definitely zoolander
0: (laughs) but i'll tell you what it's just so much to speculate on i cannot thank you enough for all the time you've taken with me today to talk severance season one season two i'm hopeful that you will be able to come back on the show at your convenience again once we start seeing episodes to talk (laughs) about that it'd be fantastic Mm -hmm. to do so because everything that's going on in lumen industries is So intriguing to all of us who love the series so much. But before we head on out, please let us know it's your time. The red carpet is open for you to go ahead and just let everyone know what you're doing. All the shorts, all the features, all the stuff that you're doing. Please let us know what's going on in the world at Merriman Brown Thomas.
1: Sure. Well, I'm a writer director. I also occasionally produce, I produced a feature for my husband that's called Shedding, which is a super low budget, but awesome, high concept indie sci-fi that revolves around a cat becoming a human so you can seek that out on amazon prime but personally i have a couple features i've written and i'm financing them right now so hopefully we'll be in production within the next year on those That's awesome. and yeah just if you want to keep in touch with me aaron brown thomas underscore filmmaker on instagram
0: absolutely but also your site as well aaron please follow her on social media She's just tremendous out there, all the stuff that she's doing. It is Aaron Brown Thomas. And Aaron, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to me about severance. I know you and I are just chomping at the bit, waiting for it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so excited. I wish it was on next week. I might send a letter to Apple Plus to say, you know what, I'm just never like, going to get, get a- on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw away my iPhone if I had one to go ahead and say, you know what, if there's no severance next week, but uh, I can't take on enough
1: Apple. time to make it good. But no more time than that.
0: <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But actually, you know, I don't have an iPhone. I'll take, you know, i send my kids' iPhones back. How about that? There you go. Yeah. They've got iPhones. I'm an Android user, but. I will say, nonetheless, that Severance has been one of the most incredible seasons of television. But Aaron, I cannot thank you enough for stopping by season two. When it comes back, I hope to get you back on. Or if you want to go ahead and come back on just to talk about what you're doing and all the great projects, please, the red carpet is always open for you. (laughs) Just reach out. (laughs) You got it. Appreciate it once again. And thank you so much for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. It's the PCC Multiverse. I want to thank Aaron Brown Thomas for stopping by in the program. Don't forget, we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook vampires and vitae which is going to be smoothly run next time around with no problems at all with a brand
2: new intro as well this sunday brand spanking new
0: okay (laughs) brand new intro yes absolutely by no means out of necessity at all that'll be uh coming up for you on the weekend plus also as well you've got wizards and wine i know you wanted to mention something with wizards and wine as well before we head on out
2: yeah, so we have finally figured out when we're going to start the next campaign, which is going to be the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. So I'm going to be running two different games in the in the Feywild. Decisions made by one group in one game will have consequences for the other group. So I'm excited to see how that's going to turn out. Our live streams will start on the 13th, and we're going to start publishing podcast episodes as of the 27th of June. So. Oh. June's the big month. Yeah, we're really excited. I get woken up by messages at six o'clock in the morning of them talking about what their characters are going to be and all of that kind of stuff. So everybody's really excited about jumping into this one.
0: And your response is, can the DM
2: just get some sleep? <laughs> Not at all. I chime in every once in a while and they're like, yo, okay, DM, we'll think about that. And then they all go right. about their business, and, you Fair know, up. as players do.
0: But Wizards and Wine is coming back at you strong here in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. And of course, each week, the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. You got Vampires in Vitae. You got the great games running by our good friend Mitch on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And also the Demolition Force run by Roger. want to give him big props to going ahead and dealing with us for so many weeks. And hopefully if all comes to fruition, we will be going and heading into space later this year. Looking forward to that as well. But before we head on out, my friend, a couple things we want to cover. Kenobi for yeah, Star Wars day. May the 4th be with you even though it's no longer the 4th.
2: No, today is Revenge of the 5th. So Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I've heard. Yes, but I'll take that revenge any day of the week. But Kenobi dropped another trailer in advance of the series coming out later this month, which I'm sure we will be talking about. And it's starting to really look good for me as the almost like the old show on Fox with, you know, America's Most Wanted, this is the Empire's Most Wanted with him. As yeah. the Empire's most wanted, That's it's got good. the full wanted poster. He's got Darth Vader. <sighs> you see him at the end of the trailer there, and you see all the Inquisitors, I believe that they're called. Uh, there, mm-hmm. three of them, three main ones, especially one young lady who is really mad at him. He's got yeah. a lot of issues with Kenobi. He actually sees Luke starting to grow up to be a young man and sees the potential that he has, and wants to talk to Uncle Ben and Uncle Ben is like, oh yeah, you did a great job with Anakin. Oh, I'm sorry, Vader. You did a great job with him.
2: Yeah, Yeah. well done.
0: Yeah, well done. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to let you go ahead and work with Luke now. Yeah, we mentioned Kenobi. There's another trailer that dropped from a marquee IP and that was Game of Thrones with its prequel, House of the Dragon. You saw some dragons in this trailer. What are your thoughts on the prequel House of the Dragon coming this August? Another show that's coming to HBO and HBO Max.
2: Honestly, you put swords and a dragon into a show and I'm going to watch it and I'm probably going to love it, even if it's terrible. (laughs) I don't know why. I love me some dragons and I love me some swords. So
0: um,
2: it'll be interesting, though, to see the early days of House Targaryen and and how the relationship with the dragons has changed and evolved and and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm very much looking forward to the series. I have missed the universe of Game of Thrones, and I think that I have let go enough of the anger that I had over that last season that I'm ready to kind of give it another chance. So
0: Okay, fair enough. It is the House of the Dragon. It really looks like something I think people will get back into I think there's been enough time now since the end of Game of Thrones like you said the, the anger and the angst people had over that last season the way it finished up and it finished up on such a poor note that I think that it is now time to get back into it because if it really clicks as Game of Thrones season six season seven people were just going fanatical over this and I think that by the time that it got into there, if they can go back and reach into that type of quality on an each and every week basis on this prequel, I think they'll get back in the viewers, and I think it'll be something that'll be appointment viewing for Game of Thrones fans once again. So, what are your thoughts on House of the Dragon? Please let us know. cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for stopping by. But one last thing we got to talk about as we get a little weird. I want to hear your thoughts, Melinda, on Weird, the Al Yankovic story. That just dropped its first teaser with Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe himself, playing the role of Weird Al.
2: I'm optimistic about it. I do love me some Weird Al. And I know that pop stars are still flattered and thrilled when Weird Al calls and says, hey, I've done a parody of your song.
0: I really think that this is going to be a fun one. I think it's on Roku. Roku they're known for having a lot of channels on their service, but they're actually also starting to go ahead and build their own roster and their own library of original programming as well.
2: Yeah. I'm just doing a a quick scan. Yeah. Roku.
0: Yeah. That's what I thought. So yeah, yeah, this is, I think the, one of their first original movies. So really a way to go. This will either crash and burn or big hit for them, but I'm hoping it's a big hit because again, I'm, I'm really eager to see, and I know you and I, We'll go ahead and hopefully get a chance to check it out when it comes out later this year. But any thoughts on Weird before we head on out? Bring it on. Okay. Bring it on. (laughs) Somebody hand me an accordion.
2: Yeah, those are my prolific thoughts on that movie. I'm excited. I I think it's going to be a fun trip to the theater. I think that people also forget, like, he has won quite a few Grammys. It's either four or seven. I can't remember if it's four or seven. It's one of those two numbers, though.
0: And he has a number one album. Yeah, and that, yeah. yeah it's just absolutely. The no, albums
2: he, the whole thing. so yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. But this is going straight to Roku. So yes, just right. to let everybody know, it's going straight to Roku. And a lot of people will be curious to see Daniel Radcliffe throwing away the wand for a little while and putting on the big wig and handing himself an accordion and seeing what he can go from there. As Weird Al Yankovic in Weird. What are your thoughts on the Weird Al story, Weird, coming to Roku later this year? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yeah.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but any last thoughts before we head on out?
2: Bring on some Game of Thrones and there's never enough Star Trek.
0: Weird. Strange. <laughs> this show has been weird and strange. Indeed. <laughs> so for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glass. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. Listening to a Weebie Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Found Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentFoundNetwork.com. Thanks
2: so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.